The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Represent. I'm Aisha Harris, your host, and today we're going to do a quick recap of the Oscars, which finally happened last night and turned out to be probably the most interesting Oscars that's ever happened before. Is that right, Berlin? I would say so, for sure. <laughs> it's definitely the first that I've ever watched from beginning to end of three hours. Three hours and it was three and a half? Three and a half. It wow. was more than three and a half hours. Oh uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, as you can see, um, or as you can hear, because <laughs> this is a podcast, <laughs> Berlin, my lovely producer, is joining me today in the studio. And, yeah, we've got a little mini episode here. So, let's just get right down to it. The last five minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> if you haven't watched the Oscars or if you somehow just, like, forgot what happened uh, twelve hour, less than 12 hours ago when we're recording this, <laughs> um, essentially what happened was what everyone kind of expected to happen, which is that La La Land was announced as Best Picture. Like, legit, I put on the Slate Represents Twitter account, and the award for Best Picture goes to La La Land, and then this demean of Viola Davis on how to get away with murder, like, picking up her bag and, like, <laughs> rolling Wait, her was eyes. this before or after? This was, like, as soon as they announced it. Okay. So, so Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway... Um, Warren. Who were re- reunited after Bonnie and Clyde, which Bonnie and Clyde is one of my favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, you should I go see it. more and more about you every day. I freaking love Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> okay. It's so great. Anyway, Bonnie and Clyde reunited and they screwed up the, the reading. Essentially what happened was that, so I knew something was weird, I but I thought it was like just, and this is where obviously ageism comes in. I'm going to admit this, but at first I thought like, maybe like he can't see oh, it no. or no because he, he yeah. paused and he looked very confused and he was like looking at it so then he passes it to Faye Dunaway and she's just like and she just sees the name La La Land and I I'm and you can imagine he had his finger off of on Emma Stone <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For, I, I give them a little bit of slack because, like, obviously it's very confusing. And, like, the, the ha- that's never... Moment. Also, that's never happened. Like, whoever yeah. gave them the envelope gave them the wrong thing. So, it, clear, I mean, clearly they probably should have said something before they announced it, but... They didn't. Just pause. Um, that thing with Steve Harvey happened. We just want to make sure we don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> so La La Land was announced and all of the, the mostly white cast or mostly white production team of that movie went up on stage. I think there was like one black guy up there. <laughs> and Was it John Legend? <laughs> no, I didn't see John Legend up there, surprisingly. He might have been up there, but I didn't see him. Um, but anyway, a couple of folks uh, gave speeches. One of them gave kind of an awkward speech where he was talking about La La Land celebrating the diverse um, diverse voices, even though it was like mostly white guys up there and like Emma Stone and a black guy. What made it diverse? The fact that he was trying to save jazz? So I don't, confused. I don't know. And then he also like called out his generous, beautiful like blue-eyed wife and I was like wait why and then who's the producer that finally comes up and he's like guys, I'm sorry no there's a mistake, there's a mistake. Moonlight you guys won best picture Moonlight won come on, this is not a joke come this on. is not a joke I'm afraid they read the wrong thing this is not a joke Moonlight has won best picture Moonlight best picture Okay, so Jordan Horowitz is the guy who made those awkward comments about his blue-eyed wife and, like, celebrating diverse voices. But then he's also the one who went back up and said, like, 
oh, Moonlight, this is actually, it's, you guys actually won. And was like, you know, he was sort of great. He, he, they were all great, like gracious, like in a moment that's very, like, what are you supposed to do? Except I would say for, and granted, again, every times are high, like emotions are high. Mm-hmm. But then another producer, Fred Berger, like already knew he had won or already knew that they M- Moonlight had won. And so he, I guess, apparently another person on stage, Michael, one of the stagehands, didn't know this and was like forcing him to go up to the mic and say something. And so he already knew they didn't win. But he went up and said, like, thank you to like his like family or whatever. And then he's like, we lost, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, damn. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, all that happened. And Barry Jenkins face when he realized I was just like so happy for him. I was so happy. I screamed. I was in. I was like sitting on my bed because I had been watching all night and was writing, working on a post and i like already i'd already pre-written my la la land one this is why it's wrong that it won and then and i was like okay this is i'll be in bed in like the next hour after like i finish up the final touches and then when when it was announced that it was it was barry jenkins and i was like i screamed my puppy looked at me like what is going on (laughs) my boyfriend came in the room he's like what is going it was like 12 o'clock i probably woke our downstairs neighbors i apologize to them um (laughs) but anyway that was like a very high emotion moment it was just like lots of what the fucks what what the what that was literally like my twitter line for for like five minutes so what's happening i didn't i feel like i didn't watch the super bowl I felt like it was when apparently the Patriots like came back from nowhere. Yeah. Or actually, I did watch the Cubs win, and it felt like those like last like because it went into overtime when the Cubs yeah, won yeah, yeah, back yeah. in October, and it felt like that where it was like, yeah, there's no way they're coming back from this, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> that never happens. Like, it never happens in in, in entertainment. Well, that's why I have a sneaky suspicion like there was a decision made either by one person or a group of people. Here come the conspiracy theories. Okay. (laughs) Because this has never happened in Oscar. We've been doing this for like 80 plus years. This has never happened. Now all of a sudden with La La Land and Moonlight up against each other, you say La La Land when it's supposed to be Moonlight. Are 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 you kidding me? No one can tell me that someone didn't make a decision about this happening. Are you kidding? I am <laughs> I'm 100% percent i am sorry. We're getting really black right now. This is like conspiracy theory 2.0. I'm just saying, did you see Anthony Anderson after on the no. after show? Oh my God, it was so funny because he was, he convinced me. <laughs> I, look, I, I think someone got fired. <laughs> I think at least one person mm. got fired. I don't think that this was done on purpose. Also, that would be really th- that's just like an emotional juggernaut, less so even for the Moonlight folks than the La La Land folks. Like, what sucks is that I kind of feel bad for them now <laughs> because mm. like they had to like go through the emotions of having like well, yeah. this like the moment you probably dream about your entire life, and then it's like ripped right from under you. Yeah. Granted, they had won. They had already won, like as a movie, five to six. They won. They, they won, won six yeah, awards. Then, yeah. the but I was night. kind of like, okay. So I should also say for the record, producing represent is the only reason I've been so into Oscar season. Normally, I don't really watch it. I don't know about the politics. It's been really interesting to like be in the mode of things and like knowing like what goes into even the fact that Viola was in the best supporting category and like why that those decisions were made. 
And so watching it and then being like, oh, La La Land didn't win this one. And La, like, I literally started to have hope. But I realized <laughs> it was because I was totally a newbie. Well, yeah. And also, like, the the awards they La La Land wasn't winning early in their night were technical awards, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And, you know, one of my colleagues, we like, we were all on Slack during this entire thing and, like, made the good point that, like, it's very rare nowadays for a single movie to sweep the technical awards. They usually tend to, like, spread it out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge won Best Editing. And it, it like it was never going to win Best Picture. Yeah, like, yeah. But it, a lot of times, when a p- movie wins Best Editing, you can often say that it it's probably going to win Best Picture. It's it's the the correlation is there. It's not. Um, I was so sad that Joy McMillan did not win. I know. I was so former guest of the sh- or past guest of the show yes. a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, but you know what, I. I think like the way to kick off her career, really, like that's pretty great, and that's I true. I think she'll be fine. Oh yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> She's fine. Same same with uh, Bradford Young, who is nominated for Arrival. Okay, um, yes, first black person nominated in that category as well. Uh. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll be fine. Um, but okay, so what? Since you don't usually you don't usually watch the Oscars, right? never. Okay, so what were you were you expecting any po- political? stuff it felt kind of light on the politics yeah from what i expected it to be um what were your thoughts i mean i definitely was expecting um meryl streep to say something because although i don't watch the oscars i've definitely seen clips of her saying right the golden globes yeah, yeah yeah so i mean but then i feel like jimmy kimmel kind of like cut that off at the knees like in the beginning monologue like how he was kind of like and Meryl Streep you know we're just gonna like everyone just stand up and give her a round of applause right now and so I think he just said the obvious thing that kind of like tempered any expectation from her like it was like all right she already had her moment like let's let's move on with the show yeah um I guess I wasn't but I wasn't totally surprised that people for the most part played it safe but there was that moment when the salesman won for Best Foreign Film. Yeah, so Asghar Farhadi, who was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film Oscar for his film, The Salesman. Yeah. Um, he, oh, we should also note that the a couple of nights before, actually Friday evening, I believe, all of the Best Foreign Film Language directors collectively sent out a really great letter um, mm-hmm. or like a, a statement about the Oscars and how like, this award was for all of them and how they disapprove of the uh, current Trump, the the executive order to ban immigrants and refugees and anyone coming from certain countries, including Iran, which is where Oscar Farhadi is from. So he was not there last night. He had no intentions of being there last night. He, he was like, what I'm not about to do <laughs> is get on a plane. <laughs> right. Well, he, he said even if there was some sort of, and I think there was the possibility that he could have gotten um, an exemption. Of but course. he was like, even if that's the case, I refuse, you know, to 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 work with this. Uh, so he essentially, he sent a woman in his place, uh, Iranian-American businesswoman, Anushe Ansari. I apologize if that's the incorrect way to pronounce it. Um, but she's also apparently the first Iranian to go to space, which is pretty cool. Very cool. <laughs> um, but anyway, he sent her up. I'm sorry I'm not with you tonight. My absence is out of respect for the people of my country and those of other six nations whom have been disrespected by the inhumane law that bans entry of immigrants to the U.S. The thing that stood out to me the most was the word disrespected, which he mm. used in the speech. Um, that just stuck out to me like, 
I don't know. It's just like, that's a great word. It's a simple, simple word, but like it has to me so much, it encapsulates so much of like what that must feel like yeah. for him and for anyone who yeah. is affected directly by these bands. Like just the level of disrespect from a country that is supposed to be welcoming of everyone. So I think that was probably like the best political moment of the night. Although mm. Barry Jenkins and Terrell Alvin McCraney, oh, Terrell. who won. Who I didn't realize was so tall. He's super tall. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's super tall. Um, he, they both gave also really great speeches yeah. when they won for Best Adapted Screenplay and, you know, dedicated it to... This goes out to all those black and brown boys and girls and non-gender conforming who don't see themselves. We're trying to show you, you and us. So thank you, thank you. This is for you. They also, I felt, gave really great speeches but for the most part everyone kind of played everyone else pretty much played it safe there yeah. was you know some like i mean viola m- did her viola thing <clears throat> viola <laughs> let me put all of this into context for you <laughs> i i i tweeted this i was like look viola may be the best speech giver of our time <laughs> obama has nothing on her oh my god like she, yeah. she just gives every everything People ask me all the time, what kind of stories do you want to tell Viola? And I say, exhume those bodies. Exhume those stories. The stories of the people who dreamed big and never saw those dreams to fruition. People who fell in love and lost. I became an artist and thank God I did because we are the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. Some people don't, some people are not too crazy about the way she gives speeches. I think it's great. Who are those people? Ah. Are those the same people that don't like Moonlight? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I think people just find, I, I think there's some folks who think she like is quote unquote too much. In that sense, like on in in award speeches, she's an but, actor. Okay, I know. <laughs> Juilliard trained. Juilliard trained. What do you Come expect? Um, and on the note of you know, because I was thinking about what Kamal Bell was saying as far as Moonlight not being Malcolm X from the last episode, and um, and I'm not gonna front. Like I posted, I saw Lion over the weekend, and I posted something on my Facebook. Just like I can't believe I live in a world where Lion and Moonlight could even be up against a film like La La Land. Um, and one of my friends from high school wrote, "I didn't like Moonlight." Oh, I've had convers- I've had a conversation with one of my very, very good friends from college who is, uh, yeah, we we had a very long discussion. I will say. I was already slightly inebriated when we were having this conversation. <laughs> it had been a long night. And when he said, like, there's nothing really special about Moonlight, I was like, um, what? You <laughs> He's don't like, get it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I was, yeah. There are those who, who, who don't like it. But for the record, right now the movie has a 99, uh, score has a 99 out of 100 rating on Metacritic. It's like, 98 percent on like all these people can't be wrong yeah no no it's but then okay i don't even know if we should give space to this but um of course i saw a few tweets that were like well you know why we can only get oscars when it's about slavery or being gay 
And I was just like, okay, for for the record, I, I've written about this a lot. I wrote about this last year when Creed wasn't nominated. Um, I wrote about it again this year when the, the nominations came out. And first of all, that's that's not quite true. Um, the the part about black films not being nominated unless they are about slavery that is that is to some extent true um <laughs> all right <laughs> but, cool <laughs> uh for the record we there have been three films with black protagonists that have won best picture um in the heat of the night with Sidney Poitier um driving miss daisy with uh, morgan freeman and then 12 years a slave mm-hmm. with uh chiwetel ejiofor and those are the three that have won. And then pretty much every other movie that's been nominated is either set during slavery or set like in a time when, I mean, when have black people not really had it, had, really had it great, but like set in the past, like Sounder, um, yeah. Color Purple, mm. all those things. And they all deal with like capital R racism, capital mm, S mm. struggle. Now, what's mm. great about Moonlight is that, yeah, it deals with homophobia. It deals with like the black community but it also it's just a very personal film it's mm-hmm. set in like contemporary times yeah obviously and it's when you said contemporary times i heard i'm a classic man <laughs> chopped and screwed i know <laughs> right so like it's set in modern times like it's not like this is set 40 years ago it's not about the civil rights movement unlike something like hidden figures even fences to me that the fact that that was nominated that was it and the thing yes. that makes both Fences and Moonlight, such groundbreaking nominees and Moonlight, such a groundbreaking winner, is that it's a feature film that is not about a real person. Mm. These are completely fictionalized characters. Mm. And that has not happened. Mm. Moon- <laughs> Moonlight winning is is such a big deal. Yes. What's then, the line from? I was like, I need to quote my, my you know, Mama Viola. <laughs> she was like, here's to August Wilson, who exhumed and exalted the ordinary people. Yes. Like, to me, I got goosebumps because I'm always like, we always got to be black excellence. Like, can we just be black regular? Right. And that's, <laughs> and that's what Fences is. And that's yes. what Moonlight is. Yes. He's not a, he's, he's just a boy yes. and then a young man who yes. is, like, searching for a human connection. And also, this is the first movie about an LGBTQ character ever to win Best Picture. Milk never won. Cabaret didn't win. Mm. Um Brokeback Mountain obviously did not win because Crash won instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, the world to represent just keeps coming. Back. I know, I know. Back. We just keep circling back. Uh, <laughs> pl- a plug to go listen to our very interesting interview with <laughs> Paul Haggis. Yes, director of Crash. Um, but yeah, like Moonlight winning is such a big deal. And like, as I wrote in my piece that's up on Slate now, another unshameless plug. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, like, in this time, it's like, I think, first of all, I think this movie is going to stand the test of time. Absolutely. Um, I don't know about La La Land. I think La La Land could. Like, it's it's kind of... <laughs> In the words of Kamala, it's going to Titanic itself. <laughs> <laughs> it might. I It might. But it also could, like, stand the test of time. But mm-hmm. for, for Moonlight to win, that is such a, um extraordinary feat and look, let's not, let's not let them... Look, the Academy does not get this. This is not no biscuits for you, no cookies. Like, you should have done this. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. everyone who won, yeah. every black person who won deserved to win. Absolutely. Ezra Edmonton as well. He yes. won uh, for best documentary, documentary for yeah. OJ, Made in America. But I want to acknowledge that I wouldn't be standing here tonight if not for two people who aren't here with us. Ron Goldman, Nicole Brown. This is for them and their families. 
It is also for others, the victims of police violence, police brutality, racially motivated violence, and criminal injustice. This is their story, as well as Ron and Nicole's. I am honored. You know, and also he set a record for the longest movie that ever won. So Yes. So we should wrap this up. There was a lot more that happened last night in that very long three and a half hour telecast. Um, and you should definitely share your thoughts on the Facebook page at Slate Represent. We'll be there. We'll be chatting. Um, yeah, you should totally do that. But to wrap it up, Vera Lynn, what was your biggest disappointment? I think we know, both know what our like our pluses. I think is yeah, winning. But what were you kind of disappointed about the most with how the Oscars sh- shook out? I am very disappointed that Lim Manuel Miranda is not an EGOT winner. Not well, yet. Like a, um, what is it? Not yet. What, what, what's the longer one? Like when you have a Pulitzer and a MacArthur. Oh, I don't know. He's that. Like he literally could have been. He he could have been like EGOT. No, it's before it, so it will be. P.M. Egot. Oh, oh, Pumagot. Pumagot. Okay. Yeah, I'm very sad that he's not a Pumagot winner at this moment. You know, as we've talked about on this show, the music on La La Land wasn't that great. But Mm -hmm. it was interesting to hear John Legend sing it. It was so much. I don't even even like John Legend, but it was so much better. And I was like, well, maybe if John Legend was playing it in the movie, then I could understand how it won against Lin-Manuel. But um, it wasn't. And um, I was upset about that. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I knew it was going to be one of the La La Land star songs to win. Mm-hmm. And I was very sad because that also means, I mean, look, we shouldn't be shedding any tears for Lin-Manuel. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> Like he's, yes, <laughs> but he missed the opportunity to become the youngest EGOT winner yeah. um, ever, and he's not. It's not going to happen now because he was like a few months younger than Robert Lopez was when he won for Frozen. When he like finished it for Frozen a couple mm-hmm. years ago, so that's too bad. But whatever, he's he's like been, writing a movie right now. Yeah, he he'll <laughs> he'll, he'll get his EGOT. He's like going to be starring in the Mary Poppins reboot, yeah. Redux, uh, whatever. What? Yeah, he's how quite, are you starring in Mary Poppins? Lynn Manuel, yeah. Uh, so it's, apparently, it's going to be set like decades ahead of time. I still don't understand like what a Latino guy is going to be doing in like <laughs> Mary Poppins. But come on now, representation. Yeah, we need to open our imagination. Of course. I mean, it's it's a fake story about a woman with an umbrella. Exactly. Flies. So why couldn't he be in there? <laughs> exactly. Why couldn't he be in there rapping <laughs> about spoonfuls of sugar, making the medicine oh, go down? No way for that. And Dosha Sally X Fragile Kelly Rufus. Nope. Super Califragilistic S B I said it backwards. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is way too long, but I'm probably gonna keep that in. It's fine. Um. So my my. Delta or my sadness was the fact that Zootopia won best animated feature. Um, I hadn't really thought about it much, but then my colleague Sam, um, who also just to note, uh, he is the one who gave us the great name. Guess who's coming to Oscar? Which that was a fun conversation last week. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kamal and Kevin. And then also all of our guests who joined us. I hope folks enjoyed it as much as we did. But that was a sidebar. Um, So Sam Adams, he wrote for Slate about how Zootopia winning, if it won, and it did, would be like uh, Crash winning. (laughs) We just got to always bring it back to Crash. And his point, which I actually agree with the more I thought about it, is the fact that Zootopia, it it says, it, it 
aims to be a movie that is about racial profiling and 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 an allegory for all the ways in which we have these prejudices against women, against people mm. of color. Um, and it's it does some clever things, although like it kind of falls apart in the way like the the allegory lines up and it, it it's it's weird. It doesn't fully work. And the bigger problem is the way in which the you know directors and the animators behind the movie have been sort of pushing it for the Oscar and talking about how like one of them straight up said, oh, before like before Zootopia or they said like no one was talking about this until after Zootopia happened. It's like, where have you Stop been, it. dude? And the fact that they didn't mention at all, like, Moana. Like, mm. Moana just by existing in yeah. itself is, like, yeah. doing something there. Yeah. So Zootopia won because it feels like it's, like, the safe choice for the I'm going to take my niece to... Well, it's on Netflix. It's on I'm Netflix. Gonna, I'm going to sit down with my niece to watch it just so she can have a pre-woke when she gets older. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can bring her on in 10 years. Exactly. Um, no, I... I actually really like Zootopia. I think it's fun and I appreciate what Disney was trying to do with it. Like, you know, I I think it's good that they're trying to wade into those waters. It's not, it should not have won Best Picture, especially not under those pretenses, like not under that assumption that like it was a big, important social justice movie because like Moana was doing way more. Mm. Um, So that's my, that's my Delta, Zootopia winning uh, Mm. Best Animated. Um, yeah, we have to wrap things up. And obviously, there are tons of things we could talk about. Um, but a couple of last points that I think we are worth noting before we end are the fact that Casey Affleck won Best Actor over Denzel Washington for Fences, which for Marilyn is giving me a sad face. Um, it is sad, uh, in part because, you know, I would love, love to see Denzel win. But also the fact that Casey Affleck has some uh, sexual assault allegations that came up and the Academy seemed to not really care that those uh, resurfaced. Mm. So you can read more about that on Slate.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Also want to shout out uh, on a happier note, the fact that Mahershala Ali became the first Muslim actor to ever win a Oscar. Yay, Mahershala. Yay, Mahershala. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We will be back to like more of our regularly scheduled programming this coming <laughs> this week. Friday. Yes, this Friday. Excited. Some of you have been asking. We will be talking about Get Out. I'm going to apologize <laughs> right now. It might be my new moonlight. Oh, <laughs> it, I, I might be evangelizing about it for the next. So just just get prepared and, and <laughs> see the movie before Friday. If yeah, you haven't seen see, it yet, please see it before Friday because there will be spoilers, unfortunately. Yeah, it'll be spoilers on Central. So check it out. Represent is produced by the lovely, awesome Marilyn Williams. The executive producer of Slate Podcast is Steve Lichtai. Andy Bowers is chief content officer of Panoply. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Slate Represent. Again, check us out on Facebook. We will be having some conversations there, especially about Oscars this week. So stop on by. And that music you're hearing right now is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. Until next time, 